Hello, friends. This is Josie from Speaking in Church, the podcast you are currently listening to. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about my favorite current thing right now, which is Anchor. Anchor is a free podcasting platform. Um, It's the easiest way to make a podcast. This dummy, yours truly, set it up real quick. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which, hello, talk about easy. You don't have to be some professional computer person, which is dope. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and literally wherever else you want to put it. Uh, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which, you know, some of us are just not going to get a million people listening, which is fine. Um, It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you want to make your own podcast about literally anything like the two of us, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome, friends, to the Speaking in Church podcast. I am Josie. And I'm Spencer. And today we are talking to a a very special guest by the name of Ryan Jimenez, a.k.a. Josie's partner. Um, (laughs) Hi, Ryan. Hello. How's it going? Why why are you asking me how it's going? We live together. Yeah, but I've been gone all day, you know. Lots of stuff happens. Um, Well, I'm doing great, Ryan. Thanks for asking. (laughs) I'm glad to hear it, Spencer. Oh my god. <laughs> um, well, um <laughs> I'm trying to be careful. Um, no, I'm not gonna be careful. This is my fucking podcast. I can do whatever I want. Spencer, today we're talking about the Mormons. My fave. I um have an unhealthy obsession with the Mormons ever since I was a kid, and they used to um come offer to mow my dad's lawn and he would get mad about it. <laughs> And uh, for those of you that don't know, where I grew up is heavily Mormon populated. So I have lots of Mormon friends, both still in the Mormon church and ex-Mormon friends. And I love them all. And I love hearing about their lives and their theology. So, yeah, uh, Ryan, I guess today we just, uh, first of all, want to get a little overview of the way you grew up as a Mormon, you know, as little or as much as you want to share. You know, what's the what's the daily life of a little Mormon boy? Let us know. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, it's all not that different, at least now. You know, Mormonism has had many different stages. Um, and what Mormonism looks like now versus what it looked like 100 years ago is very different. <laughs> um, and even what it looks like, you know, in California versus Utah versus, you know, other countries. All, all very different, very culturally influenced. Um, but I was born into Mormonism. Both of my parents were Mormon. Um, and I was, you know, fully raised like a good little Mormon boy. Um, LOL. All the way um, uh, up until, you know, I, I didn't ofi- uh, officially leave the church, but I stopped attending around seven, when I was 17 or 18. What does it mean to officially leave the church, Ryan, before you continue? Um, well, that refers to the process where you uh, formally ask for your records to be removed so they stop keeping tabs on you um, and they can like officially like 
excommunicate you, I guess. So you'd have to be rebaptized into the church. If you that... decided to come back. Yes. Does that go into, I know Mormons really like genealogy. So is that kind of like what you said, your records? Is that just like the record of you and your family history and who's connected to you then? Well, they, they more, uh, they, they keep genealogy tabs on you either way. It's not related to that so much, but uh, it's more related to like church records. So they keep a record of like where you live, try and send people out to see how you're doing, um, reconversion efforts. Um, just kind of trying to keep you because they have basically two statuses, four members in their databases for each uh, ward, which is kind of like the local church. Um, and it basically lists, you know, who's in this area? Are they active or are they inactive? And so I would technically be an inactive member. I'm sorry. So you're saying that somewhere there's a little Mormon missionary looking for you um, and is going to knock on my door trying to convert you back. Well, they tried to get my mom to give them our address, but she didn't give it to them. That's right, mom. <laughs> she, mm-hmm. she knew better. Mm-hmm. So, Because for Mormons, it's also very personal. Because um, if you're not baptized, you can't go into the highest tier of heaven. So, you know, by, by removing your membership records, you can't go to the highest tier of heaven anymore. Right, that's cool. Um, sorry, we interrupted you with our uh, incessant questioning. So you didn't officially pull your records. Continue. Yeah, um, but I did stop attending church when I went to college, basically, um, and mostly just kind of a natural transition because there was, you know, my my parents were um, supporting me through college at this point, um, and things were kind of complicated. Um, since my dad did leave the religion around this time. So it was a kind of complicated process, but. Of leaving? Of leaving, yes. Oh, cool. Um, so before we move on, tell us about Mormon school. Which one? The one before school. The seminary school? I don't know what it's called. Yes, seminary. Who doesn't love seminary? <laughs> what, it, what is it? So uh, the seminary you're referring to is this um, school set up where, um, depending on where you live, you basically take a class every weekday, and it's on, you know, whatever the uh, current section of the Bible is for the year. So they divide the Bible, the Mormon Bibles, up into four sections, um, and you study one throughout each year of high school. Um, and if you live in like Utah or some heavily Mormon place, this is actually like a class in your high school that you get credit for. Um, but if you don't, then you have to wake up before school. So my school started at 730. So seminary would start at six. So you'd have time to leave the church building to get to school. Um, and it's terrible because <laughs> so it's so early in, in the morning. In my high school, the the church building was literally across the street. Yes. So kids didn't have to get up as early because they had the leeway of it was literally a two minute walk like across the street. But I do remember like pulling into the parking lot and you would see basically just all of the Mormon kids walking across the street coming from seminary. Yeah. And you get like the carpool like situations going to a mass exodus from seminary to school. Yeah. A seminary for us uh ex-evangelicals is a little different you're an adult (laughs) 
Um, great. Now, I want to know what a week is like for you. You've touched upon, like, every weekday you wake up at 6 in the fucking morning to go to church before school. But uh, what does your weekends look like? What does your schedule look like? Who are you? So, I mean, it's it's pretty similar to a lot of, like, very... Um, heavy participation churches uh, where you have, you know, you've got church on Sunday, but church isn't just a show up for one hour, go home, call it a day. You know, you've got stuff before church. Um, a lot of times you have either uh, like meetings or planning. Church uh, used to be three hours long. I believe they shortened it to two or two and a half hours in the last year or two. Um, and then you have meetings after church. You have, um, you know, different groups that you're in. So you have, you know, the young women's group for the Relief Society, you have the primary for the children. Um, so you're involved in whatever activities each of these organizations is also a part of. Um, and then during the week, you'll have other activities. Um, so there's like monthly activities. So like cleaning the church building is one of them. Um, or you have, you know, Boy Scouts, for instance, like you wanted to know about. Um, you, I went to Boy Scouts, you know, once a week, every week um, for like three, four hours. And then you'd have camping trips once or twice a month um, all weekend. Well, not all weekend. You'd leave Friday so you could be back on time for church on Sunday morning because you can't be camping on the Sabbath. Um, but uh, so you have, you know, I'd say probably two or three events during the week so so um boy scouts and mormonism have been very intertwined in the past haven't they oh yeah i mean the the mormons were a huge source of boy scout funding for a long time what changed ryan well i mean i think there was a split and i'm not exactly sure where it originated from but i think part of it was Boy Scouting was becoming less popular with Mormons, um, and there was some conflict with the Boy Scout organization and Mormonism because, you know, when you have someone who's a major source of your funding, they tend to control a lot of your policies. Um, and, you know, that resulted in a lot of the policies for Boy Scouts being more lenient for Mormons, which was kind of a rub with non-Mormon troops. Um, and is that why you're an Eagle Scout? Because it was so easy for you as a Mormon? I mean, I didn't have it super easy, but I've seen some people coast through. And it's pretty embarrassing, honestly. Because, um, you know, if you if the whole leadership of your Boy Scout, like, uh, troop is Mormon, you know, they have pressure to kind of get you through there um, and kind of check the boxes. Um, so I just like telling people that you're an Eagle Scout because it's fucking funny. Mm. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and so, but they did split a, a couple years ago. And when that split happened, they opened up to everyone to be more inclusive because that was one of the big um, issues people had with the Boy Scouts is, you know, obviously it being very exclusive towards uh, more than half of the population. Oh, yeah. Spencer, um, I have a million questions, but I live with him. So why don't you? <laughs> um, what, what well, your questions? One thing I'm thinking about now, which I didn't know about 
I knew like in seminary you studied like the Book of Mormon. I didn't realize it was broken up into four sections because that as soon as you said that, I instantly thought of like, well, that's how the lectionary works. Like that's how, um, I guess like higher liturgy churches, not so much non-denominationals, but like the Methodist church I know does it, the Nazar- Nazarene church, um, I'm pretty sure um, Presbyterians, they follow the lectionary. So every four years, they basically read the Bible through like scripture readings if you follow the lectionary um daily and so I thought that was really interesting um and and going along with that of just when I was growing up in Yuma one thing that we talked a lot about not like it wasn't like sermons were about Mormonism but when we talked like with the youth pastor and in small groups we would talk a lot about Mormonism because it really was like most people we knew at school were Mormons and when they would talk about um like Mormon theology because I like I've said on an earlier podcast like I was invited to Mormon dances and just Mormon activities and um, yeah, they love to get you with that that's how they yeah get you. and um and yeah like I would talk to my my friends that were Mormons and we would believe so so similarly that like for a long time I was like yeah like there's like nothing weird about it it's whatever um and then as I got older that's when I would kind of learn more things um and one thing that I just kind of I wanted to bring up is when you were talking about heaven, um, they, it's referred to as like the celestial kingdom, correct? And there's like three levels of it. Well, so the celestial kingdom is one level of heaven. Oh, okay. Um, so basically the way they split it is there's like heaven and that contains all three layers, the celestial, the telestial and the terrestrial from highest to lowest. Mm-hmm. Celestial is the one that everyone wants to get into. The, the you know the real heaven um and then the middle one's like pretty good and the bottom one's basically like earth so you know mixed bag <laughs> so, so one um, thing that i if i understand correctly i don't even though i don't believe in the book of mormon because i believe in jesus and i believe in the bible that means i'll get into the lowest level of heaven is that correct so pretty much everyone gets into heaven. Oh, how convenient. <laughs> <laughs> Can I work my way up into the top tier? Yeah, so th- there's there's a bunch of layers here. Um, you can get in, but before you go into that, there's like a area you go where there's a bunch of missionaries after you die. And after you die, you can become a Mormon. <laughs> Oh, and like then the pur- you can get purgatory. Into the who gets the job of being a missionary in heaven? I don't know. It's... How do you divvy that up? Hey, um, I know you died, but gotta keep doing kingdom's work, you know? Well, I think it's like a, you're in heaven, then you go down to teach people during the day. It's like your job, you know? Because you, you love sharing the truth with people. Okay, so who goes to hell? Well, no one goes, there's no, they don't use the word hell. It's called outer darkness. And it's the absence of everything. How Jewish of them. Yeah. And it's that's basically like Lucifer goes there um, and like Hitler. Like, uh, well, actually not the even Hitler. safe answer. Oh, wow. No, you have to know God. And by know God, they mean like you have to have seen God and like talked with him and understand him and know who he is and reject him. So you have to die see like be face to face with god and be like "Mm, you don't exist yeah there's some like people who were like early on mormons who rejected it that get thrown out there but uh for the most part people don't go there (laughs) that kind of reminds me of sort of um calvinism with like irresistible grace or 
whatever they however they word it I feel like that's what it almost feels like of it's supposed to be well yeah everybody gets to heaven because once you get there and you meet God it's gonna be like irresistible and you're like yeah I want to be here yeah exactly this all sounds so complicated I just don't believe in hell everybody everybody goes (laughs) it's very complicated well and you'll remember how I mentioned earlier everyone has to be baptized to go to heaven Oh, this is the fight I had in high school with my. This isn't Ryan is not my first Mormon um, boyfriend. Just the best one. Uh, well, <laughs> I had a boyfriend for five seconds in high school was Mormon, and it was a secret because he was fifteen and he wasn't allowed to date yet. Ooh. But anyways, so he, his brother, and I got into this huge argument because this is what Ryan's probably leading. I am assuming. Because he was like, um, you can save people by baptizing them after they die. And I was like, um, I don't think so. I don't think that. I thought baptism was supposed to be like a personal choice. He's like, no, everybody gets baptized. You have the personal choice to accept it. Mm-mm-mm. If so, you don't accept it, that's on you. Okay, so what were you saying? Sorry. So you were going to say something, Spencer? Well, so I was going to say my, um, my roommate right before I got married she is an ex-Mormon and she explained to me baptism of the dead like I had heard of it but it was always kind of like well that's weird and she kind of explained it to me and that's and that's kind of how it goes back to like the genealogy she's like yeah so like I'd have my family genealogy and if we knew my great uncle Bob wasn't baptized then we would baptize the dead in honor of him and I was like what the heck and don't you guys have like you guys don't don't the Mormons have these um huge rituals where you get a list of people and you just get baptized for them i was, I was, I was working my way okay, there. Sorry, 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 sorry. okay cool sorry, sorry. <laughs> you're spoiling all the ends Kitsi. i'm sorry i just um, again hashtag obsessed yeah well so like a, a big thing with the genealogy is you know to know who everyone is because to baptize the dead you have to know who everyone is um, and so there's basically these databases full of all of the people who have and haven't been baptized, you know, for hundreds and hundreds of years, everyone they can get their hands on because they, they really do believe it's an important part of saving people's souls, you know? Um, and so the baptizing, um, baptizing the dead is one of the big, you know, tenets of Mormonism because it relates to that whole heaven thing that I was talking about earlier. Um, but another interesting thing about it is um, the amount of, I guess, children who get baptized for the dead. Because normally they don't baptize uh, adults in lieu of the dead. You have, you know, 12 to 15-year-old children come and you baptize them in the name of the dead as a way to kind of bring them into familiarity with the whole temple structure. So it's on the lowest level of the temple. And as you go up the temple, you need more, uh, I don't know, more like spiritual authority because the to higher the ordin- secret handshakes. Well, there's there's that, but there, you have to like have higher ordinances, like higher ordinances take place higher in the temple because you're closer to the sky. That's like getting getting sealed in the temple, sort of thing. Yeah, that happens near the top. Gotcha. Oh my God, the symbolism, the masonry, blatant ripoff of masonry. <laughs> Yes. So, um, my one thing I've always wanted to do is, but you know, before they bless the temple, you can take a tour of the temple. I've always wanted to do that. Have you ever done one of those, Ryan? Have you ever been to temples? Well, I've been to temples, just not when they're unblessed. 
Um, Although Salt Lake City right now is getting renovated as an and is unblessed, so we should take a yeah, road trip. I would love to go to Salt Lake City and see the temple. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. it is so small, dude. It's dinky. Yeah, they built it for tiny people. It's so funny how short it is. Thinking of like people like Ryan. Ryan's dad is also like six. Oh, six. you mean like you mm-hmm. mean like the ceilings? It's are short? like short. Yeah, it's like a what? dinky little building. Well, because they built it forever ago, and they built it out of stone that they carried out from the mountains. It took 40 years to build. And let me tell you, if it was a person of color, it would have not taken that long. <laughs> or they wouldn't have built it out of stone. Well, I mean, I mean they look could at have. the Aztecs, bitch. Our empire was amazing. Anyways. It's like the pyramids are pretty cool. Yeah. White people, you know, you can't. Anyways. <laughs> um... This is a funny question for you. How do people <laughs> excuse the con man that was Joseph Smith? Because historically, he was a con man, and his whole family was full of con people. Yeah, that's pretty easy. It's just people who are don't understand. And he was straight up like, I don't remember what I said before because the tablets aren't real so let me just say it again something different well he wasn't straight up like that that's the inferred well anyways i mean if if you if you look at it he didn't say he forgot them he he came up with a whole excuse well i know that but seems seems a little thin You, you you can't look at early church history with too close of a lens or it falls apart very quickly yeah it's 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 a big deal breaker for a lot of people um i forgot my question spencer so (laughs) so um the only like big besides like joseph smith um and then the angel moroni who are like some pivotal characters people in these sort of stories like growing up like i guess for us like you know, we hear about Jesus and Mary and Joseph and the disciples. So in like the Book of Mormon, who are like some pivotal people that you would be sort of like inspired by, like veggie tale type stories get told about? So real quick, uh, just a quick like backtrack. Um, you were at, you had met, I had mentioned that there were the four different years that you learned in seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically the way that gets broken down is you get the New and the Old Testament people here are familiar with that i assume at this point if they've listened to this podcast um and then you have the book of mormon and you have the um the doctrine and covenants so there's the book of mormon um which is basically the history of when you know jesus jesus died he was resurrected and then he went to america and that's you know kind of the story in the book of mormon um, and then the Doctrine and Covenants is basically this book that was written um, by Joseph Smith and like early church leaders um, on like, you know, how they were going through, you know, all of the drama that basically happened in the early church. Um, and so in the Book of Mormon, there's all sorts of fun, you know, characters, all these random white people in America. <laughs> Um, so, you know, you have all the different books that people are named after, but like, you've got like Nephi and Lehi, there's like a story about how 
all of the uh, or like um, how people got over here, how they uh, got these magic glowing stones and went in these basically like oversized barrels and traveled to the Americas, like just because God brought them there in these barrels. Um, Where geographically is this? Like when you say the Americas, um, they don't really get specific with it. The United States of America. I, I was like, are they like in Georgia, like Florida? Well, they're like, definitely in they New land? York. Oh, really? <laughs> definitely in New York. But I think the promised land is in Missouri. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Well, the promised land was technically a bunch of different places at different points when it was convenient. Well, <laughs> when they got run out of town multiple times. The promised land was where they were going. Well, it, the reason I ask about like, okay, like give me a specific geological location well, like, or geographical because when they talk about these like ancient civil civilizations and like the stuff that was there, like where are the ruins? It does not hold well, up. There's dude. no ruins. That's it's part not. of the issue. It's there's no like evidence for it. Well, yeah, that's, so that's what I'm, that's kind of like what I'm getting out of, like, when you talk about, like, just, like, the most, the easiest example, when you talk about, like, the temple in Jerusalem, like, yeah, it was destroyed, but there's ruins, and they, like, you know what I mean? And so that's where I'm, like, okay, like, how, like, what do Mormons use as sort of, like, their, like, here's some history and some context to back up the things that we're believing? Well, I mean, the history and the context is the stuff that Joseph Smith found which was things like golden the, plates from Native Americans found in Palmyra, New York, that don't stand up to carbon dating. Or, you know, these Egyptian hieroglyphics he found and mistranslated, or stuff like that. Um, that there's, there's not a lot of evidence. And I mean, the one thing people can always go to when there's not evidence is, well, God wants you to have faith. I agree. So, I, uh, yeah, Faith in God, not faith in Joseph Smith. A lot of blind faith. Ooh, blind faith. I'm sort that. of well, so kind of on like a, a lighter note of like, are there things that you learned in Mormonism that like that you that you actually like enjoy, like sort of like good values, good morals that you think like, oh, I'm glad that I learned this as an adult, even if you don't necessarily follow the faith. Oh, I mean, of course. It's like, you know, I mean, you guys talk a lot about very hardcore evangelicalism and even though you don't necessarily agree with all of the tenets of what you were necessarily raised in you know you were still raised to you know be a good person to help people who are suffering um, especially like a lot of these programs where you're you know going around cleaning the church going around doing projects and volunteering for people or checking in with people there's building of community you know a lot of the structure and you know bits of it are kind of in my opinion you know, corrupted. But at the end of the day, it, it is a church with people who care about each other and are trying to be good people. Yeah, I guess to our Mormon friends who may be listening, because you saw the word Mormon in the title, um, we love you and we think you're great. And uh, I think you're funny. But uh, I think that as long as you're a good person, who gives a fuck what you believe, right? Well, never mind. I take if you back. think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I take the back. Well, so, I give a well, fuck. Well, one, and, thing, one thing my youth pastor used to say is he's like, listen, when you're talking to your Mormon friends, just always land on the fact that, listen here, Mormon friend, if you're right and I'm wrong, I'm still going to go to heaven with you, so it's okay. But if I'm right and you're wrong, 
well, we should have a conversation about that. I was like, oh, the, okay. Very Pascalian of him. Yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, that all kind of falls apart once you turn into little Josie who doesn't believe in hell. Then it's like, eh, do what you Universe. want. Well, and that, I, I didn't realize that Mormons didn't believe in hell. Like, I didn't realize that Mormons were universalists to an extent. So I actually think that's pretty cool, Mormons. Yeah. Yeah, good job. And I mean, you see, like, one of the big things that really draws people into Mormonism is how, like, nice and happy people are. And, you know, there is something to be said for a lot of that, you know, a lot of people just kind of trying to get along. That being said, there's some, you know, downsides. Yeah, they they, um, have the pressure to get married is a little intense. Oh, I was literally about to say, I I wish I could have a lot of kids. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but that's what you want. I mean... They have a whole churches set up for only single people, so yeah, they could hook up. My my sister in law's uh, grandma is a Mormon, and she is is single, an older lady, and so she goes to basically Mormon dances, but for old people to meet boyfriends. So oh, my mom did that for a long time, and that's how she that met was her second husband. Yeah, it works. I mean, when you uh, are in a room full of people that want to get married, I'm assuming that it would work. <laughs> yeah and you all you all know that you believe the same thing and you want the same thing so i feel like yeah that'd be a lot easier than freaking tinder yeah well one of the things that's really like nice for people who are mormon is you know you don't necessarily have to know all this stuff all the details but as long as you just kind of believe everyone believes the same thing pretty much there's not room for dissonance in most areas in mormonism you know, there might be some difference in like how you personally reflect and see on things, but you know, the the commandments are the commandments, you know, and it's a lot more rigid and laid out in Mormonism. So it, you well, know, you guys have one guy, you got one boss, one top dog telling you what to do. Well, yeah, but even like more past that, it's like, you know, you have very specific things like which are good to do and which are good to not do, and as long as you kind of don't do the bad things. And you try and do the good things, you'll be fine. Like you go to church, you, you don't uh, drink coffee. Don't drink coffee. When don't was the do first drugs. Time you don't had have coffee? premarital sex. <gasps> when is the first time you had coffee? Were you remember. still a Mormon? <gasps> no. Rebel, rebel. No. No. That's embarrassing. Ryan, did you ever go to a root beer party? Be honest. Come on. I never went to a root beer party. I don't know what that is. Oh well, the. I I had this one friend in middle school like her and her group of like Mormon girlfriends they would have basically her dad would make homemade root beer because you know they were allowed to drink that and not any other kind of soda and yeah they'd have like a root beer party in the back oh my my Mormons drink soda a lot I we'll get to that in a second (laughs) but back to the thing of root beer parties because that's what I'm actually interested in here uh my (laughs) first of all don't talk to me like that are you fucking kidding me right now (laughs) That's um, not what I'm interested in right now. Ryan has a podcast voice right now. Have you noticed that, Spencer? It's so funny. I was going to say, this doesn't sound like the Ryan I talked to in person, Being but that's okay. very um, science-y, very um, clinical, and I don't appreciate it, but I'm just, you could do what you want to. So does that mean you're not interested in the root beer parties? That's I'm what interested. I'm hearing. I'm interested in the root beer party, but <laughs> you just were like, that's not what I'm interested in right now? Anyways, marital bickering. So root beer parties. Um, <laughs> no, that reminds me. My my dad and his siblings 
had this uncle who would make homemade root beer all the time. And so they'd like all go over and have root beer. But apparently, a root beer party. <laughs> yeah. But apparently, the root beer like actually fermented. So all the kids just ended up getting drunk. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So that was just a quick tidbit I had on the root beer party. I forgive you for speaking to me like that. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, well, when you're talking about soda, well, I have, Mormons I... are big into substitutes too. Cause I mean, root beer is just a beer substitute. They've got all sorts of coffee substitutes that taste horrible. They just drink Red Bull and Red Bull's Diet a Coke. mixed point. <laughs> I okay, my my biggest thing was I always thought it was caffeine because caffeine is a drug. So they can't have like like I had friends that would drink Sprite and root beer or like ginger ale, like things that didn't have caffeine. But as soon as like my dad pulled out the Coke, they were like, no, thank you. <laughs> Oh my gosh, dude. So from what I've heard, it's that Joseph Smith's wife was really fucking tired of people drinking her coffee. So then she's like, no coffee. You can't drink coffee because you're Mormon. Oh, so she just wanted it all for herself. <laughs> and also why they weren't allowed to smoke or drink tea. She just didn't want people doing that shit. Well, that's the story. You're, I think you're getting the story mixed up. That was the Probably. story for tobacco which is tied into the same like vein of stuff. So I'm assuming that she was just, I'm if well, no, she was pissed because everyone was chewing tobacco in her attic and spitting it on the floor. Ew. And you, you know how nasty, like yeah, the cut that, is yeah. from, you know, disgusting. Oh, so she didn't want to clean up after all these men spitting on her attic floor. So she was like, Hey, Joseph Smith, tell him that this isn't allowed by the Lord. Yeah. Listen, so, she was a smart lady, obviously. <laughs> I mean, it stuck. <laughs> yeah, she knew she knew what she could get away with for sure. Because um, sure. he was a there's there's a lot of there's many many layers here. So what you're but, telling uh, me is the Book of Mormon is written by her? <laughs> well, the the really wild one. Um, I, the Book of Mormon's fine, but it's kind of like Bible fan fiction. Yeah. Um, but if you want to really get something interesting, you should go through the Doctrine and Covenants. That's where the wild stuff is. I already have enough covenants um, in my life and doctrines um i'm on <laughs> i'm on ex-mormon tiktok and so a lot of Watch stuff mormon about a lot of a lot of stuff about uh the covenants comes up and i think it's fascinating so oh yeah uh, but back to your thing on caffeine so the general gist is caffeine's not necessarily bad but you should avoid it and avoid it in excess for sure um because it's not it's it, the the way it's written is you're not allowed to have hot drinks. What? That's those are the the literal words, and so, you so can't have mold wine. Coffee and tea oh, was how that was alcohol. interpreted, and specifically like green and black tea, like the ones with the tea leaves. Oh, so apple cider's cool. Apple cider's cool. Herbal tea's cool. Um, caffeine. They said like it's. I mean, it's fine. Just don't be like one of those people who drinks like a Red Bull every morning. So why can't um, you drink alcohol? Just cause he just put that in there, and I mean, there's like lots of bits about like drunkenness and people looking down on it. So it's probably more complex than that. But there wasn't like anything that I was taught, at least, that was very specific to alcoholism or alcohol, and it was probably more related to like alcoholism and that taking over people's lives because alcohol can be very destructive for some people, you know. Yeah, sure. So no, tell us about the underwear. Wait, I one question Sorry. about the alcohol then. So how do they reconcile sacrament? There's no wine. It's uh, water. It's, 
Oh, it's water? It's not even juice? First of all, that's yeah. weird because in my church, nobody drank and people were very anti-alcohol, but we had grape juice at least. No, Is that like water. a water into wine metaphor? Well, it's water. It, it's the blood of Christ either way, you know? No, that's not. You're supposed to get as close to blood as possible. Grape juice is not closer to blood. <laughs> it's closer to wine, which is closer to blood. No, cranberry <laughs> juice. It's red. It's red. Red wine. Oh, anyways, tell us about the underwear. Um, that's my biggest fascination is the undies. Yeah, I mean, the underwear gets like a lot of traction. Um, it's like more. So with with men, you get it when you get the um, Melchizedek priesthood. Um, Whoa, which is a whole different a conversation. Word. Tell us what that means. That's a whole different conversation. You basically get it when you're like 18, 19 and about to go on a mission. Oh, so you get it beforehand. I thought you got it after. No, you get, well, it's like the same time. You have it now. You get, now you have to wear these. I was like, uh, do, don't you need that sort of like priesthood to go out and be a missionary? Isn't that exactly. Funny? I don't exactly. know, man. You have to have authority. Mm-hmm. Also, before we move on to continue this underwear conversation, tell us about the suits that these little missionaries wear. Because I learned this and I thought it was fucking funny. What about them? You gotta the special suits. Oh, you mean the that's that's like a the Utah thing. Um, there in Utah, there's this uh, company that sells missionary suits, and so they're suits that are made to like be super strong, and you can just throw them in the washing machine, and they don't wrinkle, and they're stain resistant. Um, so they can go through like anything. Industrial suits. Yeah. Anyways, are they are they at least somewhat fashionable? Because I might need to invest in one. They look like suits. They're like normal suits. Okay, They're cool. Then like I don't think of... that's a bad invention. <laughs> no, it's a great suit. You know, and you just don't rip when you ride your little bike. Yeah, yeah. They're they're bike safe. Um, <laughs> it's a great invention. There was a need there, and they met it very well. I just think it's funny. Oh, it's hilarious. Okay, undies. Um, <laughs> I'm very passionate about the undies. <laughs> Well, they, they, a, a large part of what they are is just like symbolism to kind of remind you of things and to keep you kind of tied in because they function as like a continuous reminder of who you are because, uh, you know, you have to buy them from one source. They don't just sell them at Target um, and they're pretty expensive and they're this weird like silky material that's How very sheer. They? They're expensive. I don't remember. They're, they're I think pricey. it depends on the kind of garment style you buy. Oh, there's different styles. Yeah, they have a few different styles. I've um, only seen the pointy boob ones. Yeah, you can you can find them on the internet. They have a online shipping now. They're very modern with it. My uh, wow. my friend that wears them described it to me as she the way that she interprets them is you don't want anything unholy like touching your skin because you want to be as close to God as possible, and so like that's why she wears the garments. And I was like, okay. I guess wear a bra under the garment. No, she wears her bra over them. Yeah, that's. I I feel like normally you wear it under, but I haven't really checked. (laughs) Well, so I I like straight up asked her, and she said it depends on personal choice and it depends on the outfit you're wearing. She said because some outfits, if you wear again, I think it goes into the garment style because sometimes depending on the outfit you're wearing and the garment you're wearing. She's like, if you put the bra underneath, it just doesn't work out very well. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Yeah, because they're, they're very, like, you can look up pictures of them online. They're very loose-fitting um, pieces of clothes. And they're really, like, unflattering to most of the population. Um, and they, they basically are, like, a T-shirt and shorts. And, I mean, a big part of what they do is 
function to kind of enforce the Mormon dress code because, you know, you can't wear anything that shows them. You're not supposed to show them. Um, and so basically that helps keep that in line. And also, like, if you're ever, like, doing something, it's a, like a continual reminder that, you know, you have all these moral convictions. Um, and then there's some, like, you know, Freemason Coventry in it. So there's, like, X's sewn on the nipples for some reason. Yes, um, yes, yes. I don't remember a lot of the details because I never had them, but uh I know one of my friends that went on a mission to uh Europe, I'm pretty sure it was uh like Sweden or somewhere pretty cold, but she had she basically had some that are like the length of leggings because it gets yeah. so cold in the winter. So she had some that went all the way down to her ankle because she had to wear them under her skirt and she's like, anything I could wear to make it warmer, I was gonna mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, they sell, like, thermal ones. Normally, they go, like, in the direction of, like, you know, more utilitarian. So, like, if you need more functional underwear, they have that. But they don't have, like, cute ones. (laughs) Cute is a sin, Ryan. Not between a (laughs) husband and wife. That's also, not to get graphic (laughs) or anything, but can you imagine just, like, getting down to business and just, like, taking off your clothes to these really unattractive undies? It's like, oh, or like if you want to say you have to wear your bra over the undies, you put on lingerie. over. The- well, you're not supposed to wear them when you're having sex. And I feel like that well, includes, le- no, I think that includes leading up to sex, right? You just like change real quick. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to have them on all the time. Like you've seen Mormon swim and stuff before, I'm yeah. sure. Well, yeah, obviously, Ryan, but I'm talking about like, well, and I want a quickie right now. Okay, but I also, my friend also told me you don't have to wear them to the gym. You don't. I, but, yeah. Like sweat, swim, sex, shower. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of places you don't have to wear them to, but I'm talking about like, I see you, I want you right now. It's not sexy. Anyways. Maybe it is. Well, I'm not again, I think when you grow up with it, you don't know any different. So does it matter? You're right, it's probably really sexy for them. I don't no, know. It's, it's oh, not. Sorry. Mormons don't like it. <laughs> I just, these are the things I think about friends, all right? But also, like, when it comes down to it, like, what's more important? Like, having it right this second or God, you know, and shuts it down real quick. I know, Josie. I, I think know. the Lord wants you to be blessed, you know? <laughs> Fruitful well, it's especially weird, like, knowing early Mormonism. It's not quite in line with that, but I'm not sure when garments came into play. Oh, my gosh. Well, Spencer, you got any more questions? We're going to have to do another episode of these. Yeah, I feel like this was a good just introductory. And there's other things that I know that would take a lot longer. So maybe we should rifle through questions and pick one or two that deserve the most attention. Yeah, we'll have a quarterly Mormon talk with Ryan Humanen. (laughs) Well, like, like I said, there's so many layers. Like all the time, I'll just remember things. I'm like, oh. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, so many a flash of trauma. <laughs> oh, amen. Get those all the time. Well, Ryan, thanks for joining us. I'm not going to give people your social media because I don't need them stalking you. And it's not that interesting. And you're private, so. I am private. If you want to see him, follow Josie. Oh, I mean, I don't post him that often. I got a life. <laughs> you post me more than I do. That's true. <laughs> um, Ryan also hasn't posted in literal months. But you can uh, find him on my Instagram at Josie Takes the World. You can find Spencer at Spence R. Okay, Spence I always Rose. Yeah, I always forget. There's one R. Spence Rose. One R. No Spencer. It's just Spence Rose. 
correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, our podcast at Speaking in Church. Where else, Spencer? You can find us on Twitter at Speaking Shirts. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Snowball underscore. And you can find Josie on Twitter at Josie Takes The. No world, because Twitter sucks. <laughs> um, I hope you enjoyed this episode, everybody. We did, because <laughs> we love the Mormons. And Mormon friends, we really do love you. And um, yeah. If any of our Mormon friends are listening and they'd like to come on, um, <gasps> especially, I think, like, some of my friends like i hope you listen um if you are actively a member in the mormon church like i would love to just talk about like modern day mormonism what does it mean to you yeah i would love to talk to you about theology because i mean we obviously respect theology a whole lot here we <laughs> i really well i would really love to talk about the sort of like universalism because i honestly didn't know that about mormons and so i would love to talk about that come talk to us friends um yeah stay woke or get woke Jesus loves you. Bye.